0: you. I appreciate that we can be here. So that you know, this is the 20th anniversary of disability awareness on campus. It used to be that we didn't care. No, we cared, but there was no law that said disability uh, is a law and we need to protect people and civil rights that all go into that. So 20 years ago, this campus decided to take it on and realize that there are many things that need to be done. And so over the years, we've developed more and more programs for those who have disabilities. There's over 160 people on campus here that are connected with disability services and have accommodations. So um, if you are one of those, you might not have realized there's that many. If you are not, there's a lot out there that have disabilities. So um, as said, I am David Goliath, and I am the director of disability services at CAPS. Um, I want to highlight uh, just three things real quick. God has a plan. If you have heard this before, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Well, he does because he loves you. And that love is an ultimate overarching theme that we want you to see. The other is that God is good. And when we talk about disabilities, sometimes that characteristic of God and disability does not always mesh well in our minds because we have our own concept of what we think is good. But he has our best in mind. And you will hear that. And I would implore you, for the next four days especially, listen. Listen to the lives of people who have disabilities or are affected by disabilities and hear God speak through them and about himself. He has a lot to say, how much he loves us and how good he is. So to start this off, Donette Scott is going to come and share her story. Um, I don't want to take away from her story. I'll tell you how I know her. She has been in student life as long as I can remember. She used to do all the orientation. She was the big shot up front, orientation person. If you needed anything with orientation in the fall, that was it. Well, now she's, um, she's moved away from that. Okay, here she is, Donette.
1: Thank you, thank you very much for having me here. And um, I'm excited about what this week can hold in store for all of us as a community. If you are walking a life where the term intersectionality means something to you, I would say apply that to this week. I will just leave that there and then I'm gonna launch in here. So again, my name is Donette Scott. I'm the Associate Dean of Student Engagement. So I work in a subset within student life. I specifically oversee local and global engagement and then I serve on the Global Initiatives Council. So I really care about what our community gets to understand and learn about what's happening in our city, in our community, in our nation, in our world. Um, That's a a great passion to me. In my personal life, I'm a member of a sweet little church in Minnetonka called the Mills Church. Um, And the Mills Church cares about all of those things that I just shared and then some. So it's a sweet community for me to be a part of. I would describe myself as a person who is um, a personhood and leadership developer. I really see people and I love to reach in both emotionally, um, verbally, uh, just in in terms of relationship and, and help shape and mold the things that God might be bringing to light for people. I'm a five on the Enneagram with a strong eight on the side there. I'm a thinker, a ponderer, a question asker. I'm really refreshed by time alone and I love to be in creation. And most importantly of all, I'm crazy about our creator. I'm crazy about the Holy Spirit. I'm crazy about the Creator, Son, Jesus. And if you ever had a chance to hear my life story and my testimony, you would know that my favorite thing is to run headlong into his arms. And I love residing there. And I have a hearing loss. So I'm up here this morning because my disability has to do with a lack of hearing. It's, I was born this way. I was born with nerve damage in my inner ear, and it means there are certain types of hearing Um, that I am not capable of doing on my own, so I need help. Um, More specifically, I have severe to profound hearing loss in four out of eight of the areas that you can hear. So this is a slide of a hearing test. You can see where the normal range is, and you can see where my hearing shows up. So all eight of those uh, vertical lines going up and down are different spaces where they measure your hearing. This was from 2016, oh, where do I do this? Oh no, that was from 2014, this is from 2016. It is not necessarily uh, getting any better. Primarily, this means that I have difficulty understanding speech. So you may or may not know that with a hearing loss like that, when you've got some aspects of sound that are closer to normal and others that are falling off the cliff, then it means that you can't discern between certain things. And so for me, that looks like I can't hear consonants, but I can hear vowels. Now, if you think about what a vowel sounds like, A-E-I-O-U, and if you just made the noise, I-E-U-A-O, okay, that's a lower tone. But if you took the consonants and just made the sounds that they make, those are (laughs) They're real high pitched. So when I do a hearing test and they take my hearing aids out and they put me in a little room, put the headphones on me and there's a little electronical man saying, say the word ape. I can't tell if he says ate, like I ate a sandwich, ape, or like ache, like my muscles ache. So I can't tell the difference between that. Now in the context of a sentence, I know that you would not have said, I ape a sandwich, right? So in the context of a sentence, it's okay to laugh. I laugh about that every time. Um, in the context of a sentence, I usually can make things out unless I don't understand the context, which I'll talk about in a minute. It also means that I, without my hearing aids, I don't hear things like birds. I don't hear wind chimes. I don't hear streams. There's a lot within creation. I don't hear wind, unless it's like, you know, Minnesota, really bad winter wind. Um, and I can't usually understand whispering. So if you whisper to me, that just takes it all high pitch. I can't hear that. I need closed captioning on movies and videos. It also means that I can check out really easy. If I'm not in a position, in a conversation, like a, uh, an actual physical position, like in the backseat of a car, if the people up front are talking and they're just facing front and they don't shift their weight so that they can turn sideways, or if the driver doesn't look in the rearview mirror so that I can see their lips, then I usually check out of the conversation. Um, It's not because I don't wanna be a part of it, it's because I simply can't. And sometimes we make decisions on where we're gonna put our energy. And so sometimes I just decide to look at creation and enjoy the ride and I love being in my head as a five on the Enneagram, so that really works out for me. I'm also really good at lip reading. Now this can be a little bit of a curse. So when I was a youth pastor, I had to work really hard to not eavesdrop on my students' conversations because I could actually see across the room what they were saying. So I worked really hard to do that because your private conversations are that. Um, But I remember being about 11 years old, sitting in my living room before we had like clickers and walking up to my television set and turning the volume all the way down and trying to keep up with whatever program I was watching just by reading their lips. So I kind of taught myself how to read lips. Now, I don't remember thinking that I had a hearing problem at that age, but for whatever reason, I decided to try to teach myself that. Um, Some things that I don't need you to do is I don't need you to shout or raise your voice when you're talking to me. Um, I do need for you to face me or at least turn sideways so that I can see your mouth even from the side. And I need you to enunciate. And I also need grace for those of you whose accent is different than my Oregonian, that's where I'm from, than my Oregonian accent. It takes me a few minutes to, for my brain to catch up with the accent that I'm around, and then I can start picking up on words. Um, it has little to do with you. It has everything to do with my hearing loss. And so graciousness around that is really helpful. My first recollection of not hearing well was when I was about eight years old, seven or eight, and I was sitting in the back seat of my dad's car between two of his buddies, a bunch of guys, they were going probably to a rodeo or something, knowing my dad. And uh, I was sitting in the backseat and my dad was giving the guy next to me a hard time because his watch was ticking so loud. Well, I couldn't hear the watch and they literally had to press it hard up against my ear. Not painfully hard, but they had to really press it next to my ear for me to even hear that. So that was my first recollection of not, uh, not being able to hear well. And then the next time that I really remember it being problematic was when I went off to Bible college. Some of you know that I was not raised in a Christian home, so I didn't grow up going to church. So going to Bible college, I was a fairly new Christian. When I did that, I did not understand all the terminology. When I talked about context a few minutes ago, I didn't have a context for the words people were saying and the language that they were speaking. And so for me, um, getting lost in class was really, really difficult and I felt really embarrassed. Something in me felt embarrassed that I couldn't keep up. And I remember leaving class in tears a lot. This was all before, before getting hearing aids. Biblical conversations may as well have been like, going to medical school, but never having taken any prerequisites. I just didn't have any idea what was going on. Um, the first time I did get hearing aids, it was in the, ni- the 90s sometime. I was well into my young adulthood. Um, and at that time, they still had what's called analog hearing aids. I don't even know if they still have those. But analog hearing aids take your hearing loss, wherever it is, and just raises everything. So if I could hear the, the flow tones really well, but I couldn't hear the high tones, it just made the problem louder. So it made for the same problem. Um, That was a big disappointment because I had a lot of hopes around that. Um, But God miraculously provided, and the next type of hearing aids that I got were digital. And what digital does is just it allows, like you can think of a soundboard, it allows you to raise the sound of different aspects and to make that hearing um, more clear all around. When digital hearing aids came into my life, a whole new world um, arose. I remember sitting in my sweet little house, my little yellow house, as I affectionately called it, um, in Oregon City, Oregon, and I was watching one of my favorite movies, Sense and Sensibility. I was watching it late at night, and all of a sudden, the birds outside just started chirping like crazy. Now, I had seen this movie a bunch of times, so I muted it and just let it play, but the birds went away. And then I unmuted it, and the birds came back. And I realized I'd been watching this movie for however many times I'd seen it, and I had just never been able to hear that. So that was a huge, like, I just remember a big grin busting out across my face. A few days later, it was fall when I first got my hearing aids, and a few days later, I was walking out to my car, and all of a sudden, something moved by my feet, and I jumped. It was actually a leaf that was skittering across the cement, and I just had never heard that before. So when I heard the noise near my feet, I jumped. Now, of course, I was startled at first, but then I just laughed. I just laughed because it was so glorious to be able to take this love that I had for creation and for the Lord to to allow for another way for me to fully enjoy that. I had so much wonder around it. I remember distinctly being aware, I mentioned earlier, wind chimes, it's one thing to look across the way and notice that wind chimes are hanging and that they're moving around, but not hearing them. And then all of a sudden being able to measure how much you can hear by still seeing those move and put your hearing aids in and go, wow, that's a beautiful sound. So if you ever see me walking across this campus with, by myself <laughs> with a bit of a silly grin on my face, it might be, it is most likely because I'm enjoying some facet of creation. Whether it's what the sky or the trees look like or whether it's the sounds that I'm able to hear, it just is such a gift and such a great joy that the Lord has provided. So what's difficult? Like in a higher ed context, what is difficult for a person, at least myself, I can only tell my story, but for myself as a person with hearing loss, um, sitting classroom style is so dang difficult. Because either I can't hear the people down the row this way, because there's bodies in the way blocking the movement of the sound, or if I'm sitting in the back of the room or just not in the front row, really, anybody in front of me who's not facing me, I can't understand what they're saying. I can hear that they're saying something most of the time, um, but I can't understand what they're saying. Or like for Student Life, we sit in the room G210 over in the Billy, and it's set up in a U. I have to sit like at the top of the U somewhere, and somewhere not near the door, which is near the dish room, which is also near the pathway that people are outside laughing and talking, which is fantastic. I can't sit near that because all the noise makes it difficult to hear. So I can take care of some of that myself. I can reposition myself and put myself in a good place in, class- in a classroom. But I also would just offer to all of us that as we're engaging in this community, and we don't necessarily know, you probably wouldn't know, have known I had a hearing loss unless you know me and I've talked about it before. For you in a classroom to sit in a spot where you can turn and face the majority of the group, you can just be a big gift for people, um, people with small and large hearing losses. And again, whether you know someone in your classroom has that hearing loss or not, you can offer a great gift by doing something like that. Um, One of the things that's difficult in a higher ed situation is a lot of times there's no captioning. Now, because I'm not a student, David, I don't know what's provided for students there, but on a staff level, there's not necessarily captioning provided for the things that we watch um, in video form when we are trying to be trained in something as a staff. And so not having captions is super difficult. I can't always keep up and I'm either asking people next to me um, to repeat something and help me have a context or it means uh, that I just miss it entirely. High ceilings can be a difficulty. Um, the classroom G227, like the most beautiful classroom on campus, is actually the hardest one for me to hear in. So I have this this catch going on inside of me where I love to be there because I love to look at creation while I'm supposed to be paying attention in a meeting. Um, and yet, it also is a difficult thing to hear. Now, one of the blessed things with modern technology is that I actually have a phone, an iPhone, and I'm not, there's a reason I'm talking about iPhone in particular. My hearing aids are from a company called Starkey, and Starkey has a, some kind of a partnership with iPhones. And I can take my iPhone and hit it three times, and it opens up a feature where my hearing aids are connected by Bluetooth. So the cool thing is i can hit this setting which you can't see it from here but it it's a preset for the left side and then there's a preset for the right side and i can flip this into auditorium mode wow that just got really loud when i'm (laughs) speaking it's okay to laugh truly Um, i can also put it into restaurant mode which means when i'm sitting at a restaurant um, and it's all loud in the restaurant it actually creates a bit of a bubble around the people that i'm sitting with and it kind of drops the tones of everybody around me and then allows me to hear a little better in that. There's a car setting that the GPS in your phone makes the hearing aids automatically go to that spot when you hit 20 miles per hour. So as soon as my car hits that spot, I can hear my hearing aids drop the tone of the friction of the tires on the ground so that that is not so loud, so that if I'm in a conversation with someone in my my car, then I can keep up with that. I also can take all my phone calls without actually having my phone in my hand because the noise goes in my ear. Now, obviously I need to speak into this to make it possible for others to hear me. But if you ever see me walking around um, doing this, I guess some people have earbuds now. My earbuds just were a little more expensive than yours. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Speaking of which, things that you may not know for those of us with hearing loss, and I am offering this to you because I think it's important for you to know. um, Because knowing the information I'm about to tell you here can create an empathy in other realms of life that you may or may not right now put the puzzle pieces together. But when you're thinking about things like insurance, you're thinking about things like voting around things related to health care, you can think about this. Hearing, these hearing aids right here, tucked behind my ear here, the microphone is here, and the little bobble that goes inside that actually gives me the volume is right there. The hearing, that hearing aid right there, $4,200. The other one, $4,200. There's $8,400 of hardware in my head right now just making it possible for me to participate on a normal basis at the places that I work, places that I'm educated, the places that I am with family and friends. So this is where I think of it. If I'm at a lake party or a pool party, I have to make a choice every time. Who's the crowd I'm with? Are they likely to be a crowd that would shove me in the water? Do I need to actually take these out? Which then renders me what? I can't participate in the conversations. Do I need to make a public service announcement to people I don't necessarily know? Is it their business to say, hey, I have $8,400 in my head. Can you please not push me into the water? I don't know why I think of that so, well, I do know why, because it's Um, (laughs) $8,400. And most uh, insurance companies do not cover hearing aids because they consider them to be, get this, cosmetic. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Um, I do want to, for one moment, uh, give a little shout out to the company Starkey. They have not paid me to do this. Starkey's international headquarters is right here in town, um, over off of Highway 169, um, and they these eighty-four hundred dollar hearing aids I actually got for free. Okay, they do a mission every year where people who are, have a hearing loss, their um, mission statement is that all may hear. He's a person of faith, I can't think of his name right now, um, but he's a person of faith, he's been doing this for decades. Um, they do missions all over the world and their mission again is so that all may hear. And when my last hearing aids, which were $6,200, when those died, they only have a shelf life of eight to 10 years. So when those died and I went without for about I think 9 to 12 months, um, and I just had to make it through because I don't have the money for that, Um, a friend of mine put me on a list at Starkey and I got a phone call and Starkey said, hey, we'd love to fit you with hearing aids. You guys, I just bawled all the way through that day. The goodness of God that he might provide something like that. Like who are any of us to deserve his goodness and yet his character says, I see you, and I want to do X, Y, or Z thing. Now, I don't know that that'll ever happen again, so I've got to figure out how to fill that savings account so that I can um, get new ones next time. But um, even replacing the battery door is over $300. So when I take this off, the battery, that little tiny door, it holds a battery inside of it, over 300 bucks just to replace that. So it's, a, it's an expensive ordeal, and so I just say kind of be aware of that for your friends that you know that have hearing loss. You can just tuck that away. Some ways that I've seen um, God show up in all of this. I can make it sound like this is tough and rough and humbling, um, and there's aspects of it that are, but more than anything, I've seen him show up. One, in the provision of these particular hearing aids. I feel like also, you know how they say, I don't know if this is, has any truth to it, but you know how they say, If you lose one sense, there's another sense that might get heightened. I feel like with having a hearing loss, what I have to do to keep up in the world is I am like, I am ultra uber constantly aware of what's going on in a room. I need to pick up on all the nonverbals. I need to pick up on when somebody laughs. There's so many times when I don't know that somebody said something funny and I just find myself laughing because I, I can't keep up always. Um, but with all of that attentiveness, it also means that in all of the work that the Lord has given me, I've been a youth pastor, I worked at a, teenage, a group home for teenage girls, I led student mission trips for 13 years, and now I've been here for 10 years. Do the math, I'm older than you think. Um, <laughs> and in all of that time, what it has really given me is an, uh, an intuitiveness and a heightened awareness to how the students that I work with are doing. It also means that I'm picking up on the nonverbals as they're trying to express something. And the Lord has given me oftentimes words to help put words to something that they're feeling or thinking that they're having a hard time having words for. And I feel like that is part of the attentiveness that he allows me to have and that he gave me the opportunity to have because I have to pay so much attention to keep up this way. I have a particular vantage point in seeing the underrepresented with that as well. I feel like I have, and I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm simply saying, um, I gotta turn my phone over because messages are coming in. Um, I I feel like um, I'm able to just, that observation has allowed me to see oftentimes people who are not necessarily as seen, which is where I bring in the word intersectionality. I think that that term is used um, particularly around race and gender and things like that, and I just also would add disability to that conversation. Um, In the same way, I'm also, that same awareness means that it causes me to be aware of my own bias in things. So you might be a person who, when you're sitting at a friend's house and they wanna put the closed captioning on, you might be a person who gets a little agitated and irritated about that because it's an inconvenience for you. You know what? In America, I think our number one thing that we hate is being inconvenienced. We don't like to be made uncomfortable. We want the path of least resistance. We get irritated when people are asking us to do things differently than how we want them done or are used to them being done. A good friend of mine was representing himself at his church's missions conference yesterday in Annandale. And it happened to be the Sunday where the, uh, the Hispanic service, the Spanish service that they share their church with, they decided to combine services. And you guys, when they were singing songs in Spanish, somebody actually had the gall to shout out in English from the back in church. We don't like to be asked to do things differently than the way we normally would do them. You may not want to, in your classroom, be bothered to turn and face the majority when you speak. You may not want the captions on the movies that you're watching or the things that your professor is doing in class. But family, we are just that. We're a family. I want to be that person who looks out for you wherever you're at, and I hope, I hope that we will become the same for one another. Where we see each other, we notice the things that the Lord um, has done in different people's lives and the opportunities it brings us to be inconvenienced for a few moments. He's not asking you. Well, some of him, some of you. Eat is he's not asking you to go someplace completely inconvenient to be a missionary he's just saying hey you have an opportunity here in your everyday life to be a little bit inconvenienced for the sake of others i want to leave you with a charge and that charge is simply the word notice i want you to begin to notice i want us to begin to notice Notice when others are maybe making some accommodations for themselves, and how could you jump in and be a part of that? Notice when your irritation jumps up, even if it's on the road, okay? (laughs) Notice when you're agitated, and what is that really about? If we can start flexing the muscles of not being irritated around being inconvenienced by things, then that is gonna shift the gears for us in so many other ways. I said to you at the beginning of our time together that I was born this way. I was born this way. And many others have been born with any other kinds of, not just disabilities, but even traits. Um, This morning, we are gonna be blessed and feel free to stand and kind of get excited with this. But we've got a couple of young women here who are stepping into the greatest showman And they're going to be singing for us, this is me.